Ye olde time. Ye olde time. Like time, but older. <laughs> Ye olde Tokyo. Ye olde Tokyo. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your kaiju user, Soup. And I'm your pretty boy detective, Renu. This week, AT stands for Absolute Territory, because we'll be wrapping up the spring 2021 season. But before we get into that, uh, what have you been up to? Oh, geez. Um, I've been in convention heck, as you well know, because I've been <laughs> away. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's um, that's the la the last month. Renu has been sparse. Yeah, I uh, I literally this month and next month have a convention every two weeks. Um, oh my god, so, that's a lot. Yes, <laughs> it's a lot. I'm I'm pretty tired, but we're almost there. We got one more month, and then we'll be done ish. And then I think I have like one more convention in November, and then that'll be it for the whole year. So. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. It's been like a really nice return back to uh, conventions in general. And you can kind of tell like people are like, whoa, what is this thing called socialization in person again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's just kind of like funny to see people in crowds again because that's just not been a mm-hmm. thing for so long. Um, but yeah, no, people were pretty safe all thing all things considered um i think all of the vendors were properly vaccinated and uh we had like hand sanitizer and wipes and everything for people to stay clean um mm-hmm. i mean and, yeah it's a, a <laughs> great time to cosplay a character that wears a face mask i just, <laughs> just gotta say that you know there were a lot of cosplayers who went out of the way to wear face masks with their cosplays so i really appreciated that nice nice yeah nice. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm surprised that conventions are are opening up uh still, but I guess I guess I shouldn't be considering that like even though we got, you know, uh a new very more infectious version of the <laughs> of the coronavirus. Um I don't know. It kind of seems like kind of seems like the government's sort of given up on that on that old boat. Yeah, it's uh... it's just kind of like at, at at the very least it's been only well, I wouldn't say only, mostly Texas conventions that have opened up, and they were the first ones I, to open back imagine. up. I would imagine, yeah. So, so you know where that is. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know why that would be. Yeah. Uh, so, I think for the most part, a lot of the larger conventions aren't opening until next year. So Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would, I would definitely play it safe. I wouldn't be going to a convention anytime soon, but... Uh... <laughs> Just be safe, y'all. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, no, it was great, and the people were so super nice. That's good. Um, yeah, I think uh, everyone was like, "Oh wow, this is like we haven't done this in such a long time. We get to appreciate art in person, and you know, talk to artists again." And that was that was really refreshing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Um. Aside from that. 
uh, I had to struggle with my printer deciding that it was not going to print properly. And I don't know. I think the problem mm. is that because we had a whole year without conventions, uh-huh. all of my paper was sitting there unused. And so during okay. that time, it was soaking up humidity. And oh. I didn't realize this, you know? I didn't uh-huh. even think about it. And so by the time that I started printing, my printer head was like leaving blotches of ink, like just like strokes of ink across the paper. And I oh. didn't understand why. And apparently um, the most common reason for this is that the paper um, is buckled. And I didn't, and huh. when you look at it, it doesn't, it doesn't look like, like it, right? But once I put it on a super flat surface, like my drafting table, I could see parts of it were just very slightly raised. And I guess that was enough oh. for the printer head to like huh. uh, accidentally strike it when it's not supposed to. That's wild. I didn't yeah. know that, uh, I didn't know that Texas got humid. Oh no, it's all. super humid here. Yeah. In oh, South gross. Texas. Yeah. Gross, it's gross, extremely gross. humid. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I should have realized it, but I just I guess I've never had to account for that before um because we had tech we had a convention so often that that never became a problem. I was always using up my paper mm-hmm. um so that's a huge pain that I have to now flatten all of my existing paper and then also order new paper for uh to 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 be ready for all these conventions, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I might just end up upgrading my printer at this point because it's still it's still a fight. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Printers that's... are printers exist. <sighs> they, they are this... truly the most vindictive of technologies. They sure are because it. Oh, I always run into the problems like right before a convention. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> it would never happen any other time. That would be silly. No. Why? Yeah, why no, would that? Why would good things happen? Yeah. 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 Um, so that's what I've been up to. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. How about you? Um, I have been up to, uh, I'm trying to think about what transpired since the last time we spoke on the podcast. Um, yeah, like kind of a lot, but also not really. Like I've been hanging out with my friends a, a lot, uh, and one of them moved to Denmark. Mm-hmm. Re- really, I, I don't know. A, a lot of it is just like not super <laughs> interesting. It's just like <laughs> hmm, I got to see my friends for the first time in in a long time. Um, yeah, I was gonna say yesterday. It was not yesterday. Um, two days ago, uh, I went to a D and D session for uh, a, a group I had not been playing for for like a, a year because they were having their like finale and uh the the dm was like hey do you want to like come come for the the finale and i was like uh sure cool um it is you did message me the day before it appears to be taking place which is um <laughs> that's certainly something but like yeah i mean that's fine um i had a great time actually i did have to get up pretty early because it was like an all day affair. Um, but I got to see some friends I hadn't seen since like before the pandemic started. And I dropped out of that campaign like maybe like a month before the, the sort of pandemic stuff started because uh, I was just kind of like way too busy with, with everything going on. And then yeah. like a month later, I wasn't so busy, really, realistically speaking. But 
no one could go see each other anymore. So, yeah. you know, um, so that's kind of, uh, that's kind of right. That was super fun though. Um, I, Good. yeah, I, I, I liked getting to see some friends I hadn't seen in a while. Um, especially because, uh, I did feel bad about having to, to drop out of that campaign. Um, yeah. cause it was a, obviously it was a good time, but like, I just didn't really have the time to, to commit. I had so much other stuff going on. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, that was that was cool. Um, if I find some more time, kind of uh, in my back pocket, I might I might try to make some other sessions. They do a lot of like um, online sessions now because uh, one of my friends is moving to Denver. So um, you know, it's kind of a, we're at that weird point in our lives where people start to like do adult things, like move for <laughs> like reasons, right, and yes. to other places that are not where you were born and grew up. Yeah. So, it's been kind of wild, I got I got to say. Um but yeah. Um I might try to make some some more of those sessions. Um we we have been having trouble with our session scheduling for Jesus. for multiple reasons. Um <laughs> uh, obviously part of it is that you have a convention every every 2 weeks yeah. for uh the next like month or so and have yeah. had for the last month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you know, a, a big part of it is also like my, my schedule has been kind of in flux recently. Um, I've been trying to, uh, make some, some more things work. Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully things settle down a little bit or, or at least we can begin to kind of rein them in. Yeah. I am really hoping we'll be able to, uh, get back into it once, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, scheduling is very difficult yeah it's it's definitely one of the most annoying things yeah um, when it comes to (laughs) anything (laughs) well yeah i I guess anything but like specifically like dnd because it's like a a weekly thing it's like you have to find a time that works every week for everybody yeah it gets more complicated uh, the more people who are involved right 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 right. (laughs) yeah but that's why it's nice to have like like the day when like you to have a day already and a time where like you know you should be free um yeah. obviously you know uh a lot of times you don't really get that much of a choice in the matter but you know mm-hmm. anyway um yeah i really have not been up to anything overly that much more interesting uh i i, I got to say like it's just kind <laughs> of been um slowly easing back into a social life with the the people that that live here um obviously uh very slowly very cautiously everybody is vaccinated um we try to spend time in indoors rather than than going out because like you know we are all vaccinated and it's very effective um obviously everybody should should get vaccinated if, if possible um but even if you know it's not 100% effective right um like it's very like highly effective don't get me wrong but um there's still like a chance right and the variant that's going around now is more infectious than any of the other ones that <laughs> have ha- have we have had and like the case number in the United States is like climbing again which is not super good and even if you are vaccinated you might pass it on to somebody who isn't and like you know i i'm okay staying inside for a little bit longer i think generally speaking <laughs> um 
as much uh, as much as yeah. possible of course i think right? um yeah definitely people should still remain cautious like don't necessarily mm-hmm. let your guard down completely and make sure you carry on your your good hygienic sanitary practices because that's gonna serve you for like the rest of your life if you right. are you know washing your hands regularly and being conscientious of when you touch door handles or other people <laughs> um, yeah i mean it's also like i obviously i don't mean to make this sound like it's like a personal responsibility thing right because at the end of the day right it is the government's choice to open things back up again and i understand it's not as simple as just maybe we should keep things closed a little longer but really like we've just you know it, it it's been kind of like a year and change of just constantly dropping the ball all the time so like you know um it is a choice to open things back up again despite a more infectious version of the thing that kept us inside for a year and change like you know being being there so um it's not people's fault necessarily it's like a structural problem with how we handle this kind of thing as soon as it's safe enough probably uh it's just kind yeah. of whatever. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, no, 100%. It's like, this wouldn't have gotten so bad if there had been a proper uh, infrastructure in the first place to deal with this kind of problem. Um, right. And if there had been a proper response from the beginning versus letting the problem get out of hand and then trying to treat it, right? Yeah, like, if if we had not dissolved an entire, like, br- like office to exactly. prevent pandemics, maybe... yeah. Maybe this wouldn't be as bad as it is now, but like we're 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 eating those consequences now, and like we should still continue to consider and deal with those rather than closing our eyes and going, I right. whatever we did our part, right? Like, like no, we I we, mean, we move past it. Good job, everyone. <laughs> it's like it's not it's not mm-hmm. over. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, definitely continue doing your research, staying informed, and trying to make the best decisions you can for yourself and your loved ones um sure sure and and it's like you know obviously uh, a large part of this also is just you know a lot of people just don't really have much of a, a choice in the matter you know a lot of the cases are obviously people who are unvaccinated for one reason or another and mm-hmm. you know it's it's kind of sad because like coming out of um and i say coming out of right um choosing to decide that this is the end of the pandemic when it's not really obviously is kind of sad because we're we're just like i think the people will remember but the the structures will will obviously not um as soon as they are able to to kind of put it behind them and ignore them where like there were a lot of things that came out of the pandemic um that were like pretty good right like the fact that a lot of jobs became remote is pretty pretty good i i would say that's a pretty good thing generally speaking um it really gives a lot of accessibility to people who you know don't have the mobility don't have uh the transportation um and sometimes don't just don't have the money to like live anywhere near where a job is right yeah um i liked getting to see places where the seating was largely outside and part of like the outside world and part of the streets and they would close that area off to cars and like you could just walk around and it was like living in a place where you were allowed to live right like 
that's ultimately the thing, which is like, despite the fact that um, the pandemic was a large part of the reason we couldn't go outside, I feel like we we learned a lot about integrating our world um, or remembering that we can integrate our world in a way that is not just meant for maximum efficiency and for cars, right? Like making a city that people can live in. Just, um, yeah, I guess like a little yeah. silver lining amongst all of the Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of silver linings. Like uh, a lot of people like have come to the realization collectively because of uh, the pandemic and the working conditions that they're not really willing to work for $7 an hour anymore. Um, when companies just continually throw you under the bus, there is a labor shortage because one, a lot of labor has fucking died, right? That's mm-hmm. that sucks, but Absolutely like also horrifying. because yeah, but also because like people realize like I'm getting treated like absolute garbage for nothing pay. I'm not gonna live either way. I might as well just not like do right. this. this I shouldn't work, risk my right? life for this nothing job. Yeah, like if mm-hmm. I can't afford to pay rent and eat food, like doing this very dangerous thing, provably very dangerous. Like, what is the point in? in attempting uh to to do that anymore right like if if you have a problem with not being able to to get people on your workforce maybe that's a problem with you and not with them right it's not a exactly it's not a it's and not like a for- we we have no work ethic problem it's like a pay us right and and the fact that there are people out there who are earning more through unemployment than through their actual jobs is crazy right exactly so it's like, why yeah. would I? Why would I want to risk my well-being at this job that pays me less than if I were to try and get unemployment from the government? Yeah, and it's like so frustrating because a lot of people take that to be like, well, you see, the government's giving too many handouts. Like th- this is how mm-hmm. people get lazy, and it's like, no, you're just criminally underpaying people, and then realize yeah. like they deserve better, right? right. Like, I, I, you know, you spend you spend a couple months at home, and suddenly you realize, hey. It kind of blows when I'm, like, not in my house 24-7, right? Like, there was that thing recently where the, the Frito-Lay, like, workers um, struck for, like, three three weeks so that they wouldn't have to work 12-hour shifts seven days a week anymore. Oh, And now my they can God. only be forced to work six days a week 12-hour shifts. Which oh, is, my um, God. Even, like, even... that's just awful. Even pharmacists don't work like those kinds of hours, and I feel like uh, there are doctors who do, but that's because they're literally saving lives, you know? Right. Like they'll they'll have like several they'll have many twelve hour shifts on, and then they'll have like a couple weeks or a month off, you know? That's yeah. It's just like, humane, <laughs> I guess. Ultimately, the thing is like you know uh, a lot of people kind of bring up the argument that um, if you raise the minimum wage a lot of small businesses will go under but that just means that your small business probably shouldn't have existed right like if you can only get by by and i i understand that like you know oftentimes margins especially for small businesses like restaurants are are razor thin right like don't get me wrong about that i think that um that is kind of another issue to tackle in and of itself but like if you cannot afford to keep your business running unless what you're doing is exploiting people's labor then mm-hmm. maybe that business just isn't correct right like i mean it's being unethical maybe there's another the very problem least. there right yeah like like the thing is that um it's like saying like well like what what about the small businesses 
Like you'll run all the small businesses out of, out of business. And it's like, well, I mean, that's not that's not our fault for not wanting to work for for peanuts. That's mm-hmm. like big businesses fault for like everything that they do to discourage and like poach small businesses and like mm-hmm. force them out of areas. Right. Like like it's not the workers fault that you can't keep up with a Walmart. Right. That's Walmart's fault for being predatory. Yeah. And it's it's just it's just very frustrating because it's like trying to explain that people say, well, you're trying to steal my livelihood. I, well, you, you're not paying someone enough to live. You're stealing their livelihood. I don't mm-hmm. know what to say. I sincerely wish that we come out of the other end of this uh, whenever we truly do come out of it. A, a sort of more willing to uh, be kind to people sort of society. Yeah. One, I hope. Uh, we, that, that is the most optimistic an idealistic, uh, I guess, hope that we can have for just like the future in general. <laughs> but, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking I... of uh, criminally underpaid. Yeah. People, all right. Yeah. You want you want to talk about anime? This was a, let's get this into was a anime. <laughs> ridiculous season. There was so m- okay. There was so much <laughs> anime this season, and also like we had a bunch of like scheduling conflicts anyway, and so we couldn't finish. <laughs> a lot of stuff and there was already a lot of stuff to watch like i tried to catch up on my own and i just couldn't find the time to watch all this and here's the thing we tried to divide and conquer and we couldn't get it all i i can confidently say there's too much anime being made when i cannot keep up with the season i'm not even like gainfully employed in like any meaningful way right like i work on my own schedule and i still could not find time to watch all this crap like (laughs) <laughs> there's too much anime being made yeah I, listen it's this was an amazing amazing season for anime um there was so much really really good stuff that came out but slow your roll oh my god i, I would be fine if they spaced it out a bit more <laughs> yeah like i i miss, i, I kind of missed the pace when there was like two or three like really good shows uh a season instead of like eight. Oh yeah like, me too yeah <laughs> I, I, this isn't sustainable for workers. It's not even sustainable for me, the consumer. Yeah, like, I right, can't, exactly. I can't keep up with all this crap. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, complaint, complaints about the, uh, uh, about that aside, let's complain about, uh, the anime industry, uh, industry some more by talking <laughs> about, uh, Studio Mappa's Zombieland Saga Revenge, which is the second season of Zombieland Saga. Um, I, Liked this season a lot, but it had a lot of very clear issues. I am in complete agreement with that opinion. <laughs> yeah. Like, undoubtedly, it was, you know, very much a highlight of my week to watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the show remains as, like, free-spirited and as, as fun as ever yes. before. Yes. It <laughs> is so weird. It goes... <laughs> All over the place. Uh, the songs just slap, right? Like, oh, the songs uh, The actual music great. is is really yeah. good. Uh, yeah. The CG got uh, better this time. Yes, which mm-hmm. which is pretty good. So like all the performances look look better, um, and yeah. that's nice. Um, there's just two episodes near the end that are that become like a period drama about the Bakumatsu. That like, was so fun <laughs> and crazy. <laughs> I. I love the weirdness of Zombieland Saga <laughs> and how willing it is to just be just whatever it wants to be. Yes. Um, but 
we have to acknowledge that uh, Studio Mappa is doing like eight million things at once. Uh, yeah. Like this was one they were doing. Uh, what was the other thing they were doing this season? They were doing another thing this season. I think it was. Um, I was it Tokyo Revengers. I can't remember. No, not Tokyo um, Revengers. No, it it was something else. Studio Mappa was working on something else, and they're also like working on like a Jujutsu Kaisen movie. And like, yes, the anime industry is is pretty flexible. It, um, even if something takes place at a studio, it's not it's not a guarantee that you're gonna get like the people who actually work there working on it necessarily, right? You'll probably get like right. a director or something. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would say that the. The general animation of Zombieland Saga uh, Revenge suffers a lot. Um, it looks pretty janky a lot of the time. It, it looks very rushed. and Yeah. Um, it's kind of really clear how overworked the staff is, which is um, kind of disappointing. Yeah, I'd say overworked and also um, just a lot of reports about Studio Mappa's organization is that there isn't really yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, is that and, they're they're constantly, you know, relocating people back and forth on projects. Yeah, and like the thing is that um, Mappa, uh, I'll I'll link a video in in the the link dump about uh, about like charting Studio Mappa. But like um, Mappa is a very interesting case study in um, like what happens when your uh, animation studio goes from uh, what is essentially like a passion project. Um, by a like a small team of creatives to being like a business, right? Oh um, yeah. So the head of Mappa, who uh, I fled there from a different studio, I don't remember which one. From Madhouse, actually. From Madhouse, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because that of the same sense. reason, because it because of the same much reason, of a business, right? yeah. Um, and then he and then he left Mappa yeah. uh, to start. Uh, God, what what is he working on now? What um, do you remember? Do you remember which studio it is? Let's see. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, me neither. But um, it's um, kind of a shame, though. Mappa right now um, isn't known for what it used to be known for, which was like fun um, original creations. It's really known for fairly high quality, right? Um, mm-hmm. Adaptations of very popular works now, right? Like stuff like Jujutsu Kaisen um, and uh, Attack on Titan, um, that that sort of stuff. And it's kind of a shame because, like, I remember one of the first works I ever saw from Mappa was, I believe, uh, the Rage of Bahamut anime, a which was, um, like visually speaking, a lot better than a Rage of Bahamut anime deserved to be, <laughs> <laughs> because you know, if you know anything about the like original game, it's it's pretty like you know whatever, right? Um, just look at like uh, the Grand Blue Fantasy adaptation for like how it would probably supposed to be. Um, but like the Rage of Bahamut anime is so good for no reason. <laughs> it looks so good. It looks like you're watching a movie all the way through. It's like <laughs> kind uh-huh. of incredible. Really, I, I, you know, like small. Okay, small aside. I really hate how the anime industry is set up because if every studio was set up like Kyoto Animation. Yeah, anime would be so good. <laughs> it would be very different from the climate that we see right now. <laughs> like anime would just, on the whole, be better. And like, obviously, mm. there would still be mismanagement and tight deadlines and stuff. But like, yeah. on the whole, it would just be so much better, right? And it's like kind of a shame because like television anime has this kind of like reputation for being, <sighs> um, like One Piece, basically, right? Especially long running <laughs> stuff. 
Specifically, One Piece actually is is really the, <laughs> the greatest offender of this. It's still like running like it has historically been, despite the fact that it's very clear that people still really, or people have um come to, uh, be accustomed to the idea of getting one core of a series every like couple years, right? And yeah. that's a much like healthier and reasonable schedule right. to stick to. Um, okay, so apparently Masa Maruyama was the co-founder of Madhouse, and then the founder of MAPPA, and then after leaving MAPPA, he founded Studio M2, which uh, made Onihei. Um, Oh, Onihei was was pretty cool. We didn't watch too much of it, or I don't think we were even watching anime together then. Um, No, we were. um, Oh, were we? Well, 2017? Maybe. Oh, it must have been like right around when we started watching. I think it might have been right around when we yeah. started. We watched an episode, but I guess there was some other stuff that we were interested in that season that we didn't yeah, watch more. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it, I have very complicated feelings about Zombieland Saga because on, on yeah. the whole, <laughs> um, the writing and the, the characters uh, mm-hmm. and the music and the voice acting are all like phenomenal. They're, yeah. they're great. Um, I love, I'm very attached to the characters at this point. Uh, yeah. I really like seeing kind of the narrative, like move around and do different things. Um, I like, there's kind of like, it, there's a, there's a feeling of like very raw passion that comes through in, um, in, in the, uh, treatment of, of the idols basically. Um, which is really cool. Like I'm not generally speaking a a big idol fan for for various reasons but um right. this like i said uh last time we we watched Zombieland Saga um Zombieland Saga is an idol anime for people who do not like idol anime normally mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just it's very charming it's very funny um overall very good question mark um, I think uh, it's still, even though the animation was pretty dodgy here and there, um, the charm of the story still came through. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, especially There's... if you already are invested in the characters from the first season. Sure, I, I think that's the that's the biggest thing for for Zombieland Saga season two, which is that Zombieland Saga season two is not necessarily the reason you would watch Zombieland Saga. That it's probably because you watch Zombieland Saga season one. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, there are some shows where the second season uh, and onward is like really where it picks up. But um, I I would say that like it's it rides a lot on the success of its of its uh, predecessor of its prequel. Um, but it's pretty good in its own right uh, as long as you're kind of willing to overlook the the sort of production issues, which. Like, admittedly, is not that hard. Mm-hmm. I think the yeah. the important things are are conveyed in a manner that is not offensive to look at. You know. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So that's how I feel about Zamilan Saga. Um, right. uh, let's talk about. I mean, let's let's really just right get get right into it. How huh? let's talk about to your <laughs> eternity. Um. This is I not a spoiler-friendly written... podcast. <laughs> not a spoiler-friendly podcast. Um, I've written only one note here, and it just says, I'm cry. <laughs> um, if you are someone who is 
like hardened by tragedy and you're coming here and being like, all right, I heard things about this anime. I'm ready to have my heart ripped out. Um, you're probably setting your, your expectations a little too high. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would say the story tells its, it, 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 it tells itself very well. Um, mm-hmm. but it does fall into like, you know what's going to happen, right? It's predictable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wouldn't expect to constantly be taken aback or shock value and all that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it does tell, it has like nice pacing, it has nice characters, like it's just a really overall well done story and animation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can say with confidence that uh every single time this show makes me like want to cry like every time the show oh sorry every time the show wants to make me cry i do cry yeah that's um, true the the intentions and, come through and it's just very effective at doing the kind of like uh character death tragedy um more effective than I think pretty much any other show I've I've seen. Like there's it's not like super often that I like see a character death and I'm just like bawling, right? But like <laughs> Two Year Eternity actually legitimately makes me cry, right? <laughs> and I'm not like someone who cries very easily, right? <laughs> and so it is it is definitely a novel experience for me to watch this show and to have my heart just ripped out every every like arc or so. Um it's I think because it spends so much time just sitting there twisting the knife um <laughs> like I think it what it does really well is it it does the follow through really well yeah after, no i agree yeah, yeah. yeah after the the tragic moment happens you get to see the impact in all its detail and it really that's that's where the real the well, feels really so kick in. you get to see all all the consequences of of what mm-hmm. happens um and then also you get to see like what the the character who dies like sees as their happiness as their yeah. like as their yep. like uh yep. uh afterlife like what what they yep. really want yes. um and i and that's definitely part of what makes it so uh compelling mm-hmm. is it has a lot of respect for the death of its characters right cuz here's the thing um about character death a lot of series, especially in um, a certain sort of uh, era, uh, a lot of character deaths are about um, shock value, right? Like yes. things like things like Madoka Magica and Attack on Titan uh, and Game of Thrones. Death in those uh, properties is for shock value. It is for uh, eliciting an emotional reaction, but. I would say a lot of the times it doesn't have respect for what that means. And I think to your eternity, um, where it really succeeds is um, it is thematically resonant, right? The fact that these characters are dying actually means something, right? It is the difference between um, having your character in Dungeons & Dragons. Like if you're playing a Dungeons & Dragons game, it's the difference between having your character just die because a goblin crits them a little too hard and having them <laughs> die because they've decided to like um commit really hard to like uh doing something or they've decided to give their life for something, right? Right. And 
There's a good death that... and there's random death. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And and like the thing is that people really liked the the random death um in uh in that sort of like the 2010 to like, you know, uh 2018 sort of yeah, era, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They really mm-hmm. liked that because they were like, "Ah, oh, it keeps me on my toes. Like I right, I yeah. never know who's going to die. Like anybody yeah. could die." And it's like yeah, yes, anybody can die, but that doesn't make a like it maybe makes a show more realistic, but it doesn't really mean anything if you're it needs to not add doing meaning. it for any reason, right. right? Right. Like Two Year Eternity is obsessed with providing meaning yeah. to those deaths, and yes. that's a large part of the reason they feel so impactful and meaningful, right? Yeah, I <laughs> man, I really struggled with the last arc that we watched. Oh no, I I, I could I could tell. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was I think. If you get tragedy fatigue like I do, where mm-hmm. if something is so miserable and it just keeps going and keeps going and doesn't lighten enough to like give you a break before it dunks you back down again, it's like you're drowning and you just you just come to a point where you just accepted and you nothing there's no there's no tension there anymore. You just lay there and you wait. <laughs> um and um mm-hmm. that's basically the point that i reached during to your eternity um and that's where i'm sitting right now because after this most recent arc we kind of reached a more we we met more characters aside from grandma who's like just the best um right of course she's like our shred of hope and then all yeah. the other new characters that we met are just such a-holes and I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that I, it'll it'll come around and be like, oh my God, well, you're going to care about them by the end of this arc. And I'm sure I will, but... <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm I'm of the mind that generally speaking, um, I'm curious to see where it goes from here, right? Yeah. Because it is continuing on into next core and it's... Um, I think I think the thing is that uh we have like very well reached the point where um cuz obviously you you reached the sort of tragedy fatigue um point right Yeah I and I, I want to th- see I where the story I'm, will go yeah I think I'm teetering on on the same kind of uh same kind of place here right like if they basically just like rehash the 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 last right, three arcs right, again right. Um, right. It can start to feel like uh, it's getting a little stale or it's like overstaying its welcome. So I really hope they do something else with it. Because obviously, like, you know, um, it is very predictable. You kind of get mm-hmm. a sense for who is going to die and when. But it's still impactful and meaningful because they give it impact and they give it meaning. Um, and they work very hard to to do that. But there is a point at which it is physically impossible to care more, you know? Yeah, I, I'm so curious as to where they'll go with this next arc because it seems like a story that's pretty keenly aware of how its audience should be feeling at certain points. Obviously, sure. it needs yeah. to be in order to be able to keep you invested and pull at your heartstrings and all of that. Um, and so that's why I'm thinking, okay, well what do you do in this kind of story where you feel like you've reached the emotional saturation point? How yeah, do you keep well, the story moving forward? I think um, 
because the idea, right, um, at least from from what I'm getting, is that it's a, a lot to do with, like, loss and grief and how to reconcile those feelings. Um, and with sort of each arc, uh, you know, um, our, our little, little Orbo uh, gets, <laughs> gets a little bit more, um, you know, uh, experience with the world. Like, they can speak now and, like, emote and, like, communicate to people. I'm very invested right? in Orbo. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, and little, little Orbo. Um, but uh, I'm interested because I really want them to branch out and explore yes. some other things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's yeah. fine to have, uh, like, a, a piece that is, like, about, like, one thing. Um, but also... Like we've we've done the one thing like three times, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, past that point, you're really gonna have to do something quite spectacular to make me like cry again. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and I think maybe maybe you should just cut your losses and uh, decide that you want to go in a different direction and do something cool and fun and new. Um, and that's I, what I'm, I thought I'm, that we're I'm gonna curious. do with this latest arc. Um, that because he finally had someone who could fight side by side with him mm-hmm. i thought okay maybe that's the direction that they'll go to like kind of like freshen things up you know liven it up a bit and then it just took the same dive and i was like Puh. yeah i think i think to be i think to be fair though um for that arc specifically like um it doesn't have traction uh for the rest of the story otherwise right because otherwise he would just stay there until like yeah and i think that's the the point they were trying to to hone in on especially when yeah yeah. god was talking to him he was saying like well you're just gonna you'll you're not you won't get stronger by being here and your enemies are gonna continue getting stronger and they'll continue coming after you so right um yeah so far uh this show has been very good um, yeah. On on the whole, it has been very good, very engaging. Extremely good. Um, yes. I, I I think um, there's I there's, it's it just feels very grounded, right? It feels like um there is a lot of substance to it, uh, as opposed to just being like party tricks, right? Like, yes. Um, the reason that it makes you so emotional, uh, and the reason why you care so much, is because they do a lot of work to to build your attachment to those characters in in a real way and not in a like you know um like a cheap party trick way where they're like oh well you see uh you see like um this is like orfo the orphan and uh <laughs> <laughs> um, i mean and i and, and the, i know and i know that, that gugu is kind of like yeah, gugu's right? an orphan <laughs> um but like they make you care about him for reasons other than like uh the sad things in his life right you like I him? I mean, be- I would well, argue. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you know, um, there are a lot of sad things that happen uh, in his life. Um, uh-huh. But, like, g- generally speaking, um, I th- I think that like it's it's just the feeling of um, having there more to be a character than for them to to die, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, they're not characters written just to die necessarily, right? They're characters that actually feel like they they matter in some way. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that we get that through uh, through Fushi's like perspective is um, it 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 works. And I'm I really do want to know where it goes next um, mm-hmm. because uh, 
like we I might think much less favorably of it by by the end of uh by the end of the coming core but like yeah. we'll see who's, who's to say mm-hmm. like I, I i just don't i just don't know where it's going um mm-hmm. quite yet uh so that's where i'm at with tier eternity like i think it's really good right it's not groundbreaking but it's such a well-told story um and a lot of care has been taken into the way it is told um yeah as evidenced by by the kind of like emotional uh attachment you you um get right yeah i think um if you're curious about it and you just kind of want to see what it's about definitely at least check out the first episode because that episode will inform you a lot about how the rest of the show will yeah 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 you go. you get the picture of how the rest of the show will be from the first episode yeah um, but the first episode is brilliant it is really, it's really so well good done. yeah yeah it it is like it iron is very tight. <laughs> it, it, it is right and um it doesn't the thing is that when you're while you're watching it, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. But after the fact, right. you realize like, yes. oh wow, yeah, because yes. like the first episode really effectively engages and builds you uh, into this story in a way where like you know exactly what will happen. Right, mm-hmm. the boy dies at the end of the episode, <laughs> but when it happens, you're like, oh no, <laughs> I am crying. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, to Your Eternity is really good. <laughs> just, just generally speaking, a really great anime. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shall we talk about Shadow's House? Sure. Um, so you didn't finish this, but you were pretty close to the end. You got to where the, the twist was, where they, like, now, I wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't even say it's a twist, but like where they reveal what what the actual setup of the show is. Yeah, no, um, that was crazy. They suddenly were like exposition dump, and I was like, "Yo, I need to like rewind and and do you know <laughs> rewatch the, all of that." <laughs> I think the the funniest thing is that I had to leave uh, halfway through watching this episode the first time, and I didn't pick <laughs> it up until like t- today. Um, so like. I watched half of that episode and then I I tuned it back into the episode like a couple weeks later and literally the second I do they start expositioning I'm like oh my god what I literally done some groundbreaking stuff very casually and I was like like, what what do you mean (laughs) yeah uh, Shadow's House is is fucking wild Um, it's I would say generally speaking um, it is a very like it's a very slowly paced show, and I don't mean that in a necessarily like a derogatory way. Um, no, it's very deliberately paced. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. It feels like um, it. A lot of it feels kind of slice of lifey, but yeah. like there's this sense that the um, flow of it feels like a gradually kind of growing tension. Yes, um, I love that. And I think it does that fairly well. Um, I, I yeah. think this is a successful work um, in in how that works. Um, I yeah, I enjoyed watching it all the way through um, and learning about all the weird shit. And then like, <laughs> um, it's very clearly like 
you know, it cuts off uh, at a point that, you know, is a decent ending point for a season. Um, but there is clearly a lot more to the story. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see if it if it gets a, a second season because, um, yeah, I th- yeah, I think it was pretty good. Um, I think overall. It, what I've watched of, of it has been really good too. Um, yeah, and and I'm well enough invested um, that I like do want to watch more of it. Like I oh, want yeah, there definitely. to be more of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if not, then there's always the manga. But I think sure. Um, I I just love the way that the story unfolds. Um, in terms of the world building, the mysteries behind that. Every time you get an answer to a question, there's are there's still five more waiting in the wings. You know, right? Um, right. and also it's at the same time building your investment in these characters. Um, the the dolls specifically, the children. You know, um, right. And so, they're you're you're building your investment in them, but they're also building their investment in each other. They're forming bonds with each other, which I think is also um, a great yeah. way to propel the story yeah. forward. Because now For they, sure. it's suddenly a lot more meaningful when one of them, you know, dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, definitely. Yeah, I think it. Uh, I I really want to see more of the story. So. Hopefully they'll make an anime. If not, then I'll have to read the manga. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I I don't really have a lot more to say on it. Honestly, like it's uh, it it has a very cool premise. Uh, and it executes that premise uh very well. Yep. Um, a good watch overall. Uh, especially if you're into kind of like weird, cool world building. Um, and you want to watch this show about like shadow people and the human faces that they yeah it's quite different from with. the other anime in the season in that way uh, yeah, it, yeah it builds its own unique world <laughs> all right let's talk about um probably i th- i would arguably say probably the best thing that came out this season odd taxi um, it was such a like an unexpected hit with us <laughs> um i really like odd taxi for like a lot of reasons um first of all like i like the uh the art style of it a lot um all of the the little animal people are are very Mm -hmm. charming um but then you get the twist at at the end where it turns out that they're not animal people that's just the way that that uh odokawa the the main character sees them because of his like traumatic backstory and that's fucking wild. I like that you just come out with it. <laughs> like, I haven't even started I, I discussing mean, like, the show yet. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the thing is that, um, obviously, like, we just spoiled the, the ending of Odd Taxi. And it's a like, very, like, whoa, what the fuck kind of, like, uh, twist. You're like, whoa, that's wild. But also, um, there is a lot more to this story than just like the twist, right? Again, it's it's a show oh, yeah. that has a lot of substance and isn't just a party trick. Yeah. Um and it's Though very I will cool. Say, yeah. Um about the twist that the only hint that I noticed about it was the one that we were all freaking out about, which was the landlady, oh, right. the dog landlady having a pet dog. And we yeah, were all like, yeah. "What is that? <laughs> what what do you mean?" <laughs> You had right. this carefully like set up animal world, and then this animal dog lady has a dog, and then 
we were all completely confused until the very end when the twist was revealed. It's like, oh, she's she's just a landlady with a dog. She's a human landlady with a dog dog. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um I yeah. I really enjoy Dog Taxi because it yeah. um it is basically a story. Uh, it's exactly the kind of story I like where it is about a, a set of characters um that are incidentally related to each other and it keeps expanding on how those relations um are like like what shape that takes and uh what that means for for everybody else and like there's a lot of it's a very like dense show there's a lot of stuff oh, going yeah. on and a lot yeah. of stuff that gets reincorporated or brought back up later yeah um, it's super surprisingly dense and there's so many threads like overlapped and connected on each other that you wouldn't really expect it because the show has such a slow pace. Right, But I think yeah. that that's what allows it to have such a dense story is um, generally with these kinds of stories where there's like a huge cast and you're flipping back and forth between all their different stories and perspectives, it gets overwhelming and confusing. You don't remember people's names. You don't remember mm-hmm. who has what backstory, but because it takes its time with having these little moments with these characters and having them just banter um you you remember okay walrus guy is like he's the chill main character who doesn't he just wants to do his job as a as a taxi cab driver and then there's the 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 monkey guy who um gets into some sketchy business over (laughs) trying to uh make himself look much bigger than he is and then so on so forth um so i really like the way that it has such a slow pace for such a dense story. Yeah. Um, and it also helps that uh, because of the premise of it, where they're all animal people, it's much easier to remember who's, who's Absolutely. Who. Yes, yes, yes. Um, like the visual style of it really helps the show. And mm-hmm. like the fact that uh, you actually get to see what all of the people look like as humans is very fun. Oh, I loved um, it. <laughs> But also, I what I really enjoyed about it is um, Odd Taxi is such a like like mature story in yes. the very truest sense uh, of the word, right? A lot of people kind of like think about maturity as like, well, there's like blood and violence and stuff, uh, like sex and stuff. But like this to me is what a, a mature story is like. It is it is a story about like human relationships, like in a very like pretty mundane world um but about the very real kind of drama that that happens um and obviously there's some like very uh exciting things that happen right like there's there's people going around shooting guns and uh oh yeah doing there's gang tons of like wild coincidences that happen but you just go with it because the story itself is is like it <laughs> sometimes it's so extremely mundane but then suddenly sure, sure. <laughs> You know what? Actually, it feels um, in that respect, it feels a lot like Tokyo Godfathers. Um, yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of like little things that happen coincidentally that come back later, um, and it makes it. It's all very cohesive. Um, yeah, it works mm-hmm. really well. It's very well written. It's very smartly written. Like it. It is. Oh, this yeah. is a smart show. Yes. Um, yes. But it's also like, it's also kind of just a, a show about people talking. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Lar- largely, uh, it's just a lot of people talking to each other in a taxi cab, and mm-hmm. 
it is a very effective show to be able to have that be the the sort of lion's share uh, of it and have it not be boring um visually or dialogue wise like it's very slow it's very deliberate but it's also like very well written um Mm -hmm. it's just done in such a way that like there is both the kind of um micro aspect of the these people having conversations with uh, with each other and they're very like realistic conversations they feel like people conversing um like people talking about like you know their jobs and stuff um and like uh wanting to be internet famous or whatever right um Mm -hmm. like talking about like social media and all this stuff um and you get all of this from the perspective of uh of a, a taxi cab driver who incidentally meets a lot of people um who but who isn't very interested in in the world of people right which is the mm-hmm. perfect kind of character to to see this kind of story from and to see like how all of these connections are made even though he's not that interested in like making connections with people in the first place right yeah like, um Everything about the way that Odd Taxi is put together is, like, just so perfect. It just fits together so perfectly. It's, like, definitely the most, like, satisfying thing um, that I've watched this season, for sure. Like, yeah. hands down. It's um, so, it's just so well done, you know? Yeah. You could tell that they all they knew exactly what they were doing. They knew what kind of story they wanted to tell. And they told it consistently from beginning to end. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There's... There's never a moment where it feels like uh what's happening is like pointless, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um there's always there's always a reason that that something is happening or you're or you're getting to see something. Like it's yeah. it's told very effectively. Um that they just they just kind of like give you the like ending where it's just like oh, oh, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> like, when when you get to to the end and you solve oh. the when you solve the mystery of what happened you're oh. like oh my Whoa. god the ending the ending is is like so <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to like spoil that part cuz i think that part is like its own reward but um i would have thought that the entire story would have been a neat wrap up and i think it still could be if, i think it still is and i yeah and i think it still very much is because you can kind of imagine ish where the story might go Except well, I, I think um, um I, I think the story reaches its thematic conclusion and yes. like it gives you that last like little psych out, but I think generally speaking, um it's it's done at that point. I think if it wanted to continue on to a season two, I mean it very well could, but I think it would have to approach it from a a different angle, you know, because sure. yeah. it, it is so strongly hinged on the story that it told through Otokawa. And then that story is is essentially finished because his that arc for him is is done. So maybe yeah, he has another yeah. one. I don't know, but at least that part of it is done. Yeah, I I just I like Odd Taxi so much because it it's like an original work. It it's just all like it all just fits very well together. It's like this this is really like what what I want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I want like cool weird original animation um obviously it is very cool to see the things that i liked reading in manga be animated into anime um i also really dislike 
original anime. Like, it's kind of sad because, like, um, I don't remember um, if we if you've ever seen Punchline, which was um, I don't know. It, it's a it's an older studio Mappa work from when they were kind of doing a lot of like weird original stuff. Um, and it's it's like right proper weird, but I also think it's really really good. Um, mm. and it's kind of a kind of a shame. Um, because it feels like really good original works are so few and far between uh, in anime. Um, like, there's a lot of good stuff that comes out. Um, a lot of it's based on stuff that has proven to be good and successful. Mm-hmm. Would you like to, to tell us about Bakuten? Bakuten! It's the rhythmic gymnastics anime. And... Um... I would say the first three episodes are so heckin' solid. The animation is really, really good with, like... um, What I liked about it is not necessarily just the big animation, but the really subtle animation is so good. Like, when he's hanging out of a window, (laughs) or when he is, uh, as a beginner, trying to do a backflip for the first time, and you can kind of see a little wobble and a little stumble, is is, like, so perfect. Um... I rewatched that part like a couple of times just to analyze the animation because it was so good. And then, um, yeah, uh, story wise, it kind of meanders in the middle, which disappointed me because the pacing and story in the beginning was so hmm. well done. Um, and it even had like, it had like very weird filler. Like, uh,. <laughs> In the middle, Mm. uh, for some reason, they just decide that they're going to have, like, a little very cliche, like, haunted school uh, episode where um, they're in school after hours and they are creeped out by the thought that there's, like, a ghost roaming the halls and it's kind of like a fear challenge almost um, where they're trying to play hide and seek with their uh, senpai and then... Um, they're slowly getting picked off one by one by the quote-unquote ghost, but then by the end, it's like a security guard. But then at the end, end, it's like, ooh, was it a security guard or was it really a ghost? Mm. In our in our, in our our rhythmic gymnastics anime. Yeah. And the only uh-huh. way that they, they tied it all back was like, at the, like, like for like a statement at the end, you, you get the main character saying, wow, I really want to fly as a gymnast. And and I mean, he essentially says something to that effect, and that was that was how they tied it all back in. And I was really frustrated because that the entire episode felt like a waste of time, and um, it felt like an anime that kind of started off knowing where it was going and then fell off, um, and just kind of like had to pick up the pieces, and then at the end they pulled it together so that they. Ended up qualifying. They they won their um they they had a high scoring performance and they were able to qualify for essentially like the next round of like I guess the inter high um and then that's where they left off the story um huh. <laughs> so I mean it is an original anime and so because it started off strong and it kind of ended pretty well I'm hoping that they'll make more but. If they do, then I'm hoping that they'll be able to iron out the production and actually tell a consistent story because they really, I felt like, dropped the ball in the middle. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah, well, but, um, um... Yeah. Yeah, that that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I would say, I, um, hmm. in terms of sports anime, it's less... less of, like, what we don't necessarily like in sports anime. Like, it's not as shonen as other sports anime at all, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a much softer sports anime, so... Definitely yeah. not, like, as drama, as, as dramatic or soft as, like, soft tennis boys, but... Oh, God, soft tennis boys. I completely <laughs> I completely forgot. That was a lot. Yeah, but it is still, like, it is within that, that vein of type of sports anime where it's not necessarily about, like, I gotta use my superpower sports anime move to, like, win the match, you know? It's nothing like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, interesting. Uh, yeah. I would like to talk about SSSS dot Dynazanon. Uh, Please which do. Is, I'm very curious. So <laughs> it is uh, an, another anime set in the uh, the Gridman universe. Um, yes. By Studio Trigger, and um, I have to say, uh, it's really good. <laughs> like <laughs> okay. it's really good. Good. Um, it has a lot of things that I really like, um, okay. kind of all all mushed together, right? Like mm. obviously, like we watched the first episode, um, and uh, there was stuff going on. And we're like, woo, yeah. Um, from episode two onward, it's just like so. It's like really, really good. Um, okay. <laughs> the directing of the show is is just excellent, right? Mm. Like the pacing of it. Um, the the uh. There's a lot of time gags where, like, um, we will just stare at, like, characters staring at each other for, like, enough time to make you wonder if the show is paused. And then they'll start talking. You're like, oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's um, it actually reminds me a lot of uh, what I liked about Wondering Priority, where um, the people speaking to each other, like, the characters, when they speak to each other, feels very grounded and and real um mm-hmm. like they're uh so, like oftentimes they have people speaking to each other um over like a lot of background noise happening um there's people speaking to each other over each other which i think is funny mm-hmm. um it gives this it, it gives it a very like dinazanon pays a lot of attention to very specific details it's a very thorough mm-hmm. um and I would say that the animation on the whole, like the moment to moment um, of anything that's not like mech fighting is, it's all right. It's not bad. It's not amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. They, it's, it feels a lot more limited than a lot of the other stuff uh, Studio Trigger does, but I would say that it also doesn't look bad. Like, I think it, it knew how much, um, it needed to be uh is is i guess a way of putting it like it doesn't try to be more than it is um and okay. it does a lot with a little um okay so a lot of the um kind of in between moments uh, are animated in a way where um you know uh we're getting like far shots so they're not like um super detailed um or like um a lot of shots were like, there's not a lot of animation going on, but those moments are carried a lot by uh, the sharp directing, um, how good the dialogue is, uh, like 
the goofs are very funny. Like when they're when they make jokes, it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that stuff is really good. Okay. There is also the stuff that is really great. Um, <laughs> so I love, love, love the the mech CG fights uh, in in mm. Dinazanon. They are so good. Like they they look better than the ones in Gridman. Uh, oh. Absolutely. Um, they nice. have gotten a a bump in their CG department um, good, good, or, good. or their proficiency because like mm, delicious. Like. I mean, it, it's, it's like tokusatsu goodness, right? Like, it's, it's like giant people piloting a, a Megazord, like, fighting giant monsters. Um, <laughs> but what I did notice, um, and, like, obviously, all that stuff looks really great. Uh, it's super, super hype when they fight. They play the, like, music, and some of it's, like, really, like, intense. They're like, Dinosaur! <laughs> um, That's awesome. <laughs> but there's... Uh, so... That's really great. That would be okay. good no matter what the content of the show was. But sure. um, all of the little in-between stuff also feels very good because mm. um, there is a lot of, uh, I feel like it's very effective about um, having this uh, character drama that's happening in the, um, really in the forefront of the show with like the, the giant mech kaiju battles being like the, the backdrop. Um, of like learning to live with loss and grief, and like overcoming your your baggage by connecting with other people, and like the thought that um the connections that we make with other people might like might be affecting our freedom, right? Like, there's a very interesting um sort of line uh, a through line where the kaiju are uh, they feed off of emotions and they they come from the human heart right and mm. in many ways uh they are uh, a kind of of very like individual freedom for people like to be free from the constraints of society and time and space um but also, like the the sort of point of it, and the reason why um, they are like the, in Dinazanon, it's um, one of those like combining mechs. It's about how like people connect to each other, how those may be restrictions on our freedom, but they're also kind of um, things that that uh, give our lives meaning, and like the bonds we make with people are important in other ways. Um, and I love that it's just. F- Four broken, well, it's like four and a bit broken people trying to pilot a mech together. Um, mm. There's a lot of like baggage that each character has um, that they that they overcome, kind of in in the sort of like emotional climax uh, of the show. Um, mm. mm-hmm. Like it's like some of the characters are dealing with some things, and some of them are dealing with others, but all of them have like trauma from their past that they're they're trying to overcome, and the connections that they make through um, piloting the, the Dinazanon um, are, are, are a large part of the reason they're able to overcome those things. And um, I am not joking when I say that episode 10 of SSSS Dinazon is the coolest episode of an anime I've, I've seen, like, God, in ages. Like, I don't even remember, like, a cooler scene. Like, 
it's a very cool episode, very well directed. Um, the uh, it's clear that the sort of like head um animator is is like different. Um, it is a very different visual style. Um, mm-hmm. from the rest of the anime, but it's really good, and um, it concerns the um characters essentially being erased um from time and space, being absorbed by a kaiju, and like. Literally, they're just speaking to each other, and then, like, a character will, like, vanish. Um, and it feels like, like they were, like, edit vanished. Like, um, like there's a cut there. Like, can you get King Crimson? And <laughs> it's a very cool, very jarring effect. Yeah, um, yeah. But then they, like, bring it around, and uh, the main character, Yomogi, is, like, looking into um, the pasts of all of the... Uh, uh, all of the other, you know, Dinazanon pilots and um is is trying to to help them move forward. And um it's like I can't overstate how cool the episode is. Like, you know, um you know that one episode in Gridman where uh he like wanders into the train and like all the weird stuff is like happening? Um yeah. it feels a lot like that, where it feels so suddenly jarring and out of place but Mm -hmm. at the same time it feels like cohesive and like it works um Mm. it i cannot overstate how cool this episode is and how well it works for uh for what it's for what it's doing as like the sort of emotional climax of of the entire show um yeah okay Uh, i mean that sounds cool i i loved I loved Dinazanon, and honestly, if they continue to do like Gridman stuff, I will continue <laughs> watching it. Like this, this fucking slaps. I it just it just rips. I I don't know. I don't know how else to to, to okay. say this. Um, it's really good, and I okay, highly I mean, recommend you watch it. Okay, I was gonna ask that because you know how much I really couldn't stand the male and female leads in episode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll say that they definitely. Um, it's a lot more bearable going forward, especially as soon okay. as uh, when you start digging into the other characters. Okay, that's that's what I'm hoping for. And, um, because I was like, but, if they're if they were just well, side characters, it would, would be one thing, but they're the main, like yeah. forefront, you know, people. And like, it. Okay, so there is um there there are some things that I like about it um. Where it kind of has the like, uh, the like, um, okay, so, so like, one, uh, it kind of has that thing where like the, the main like two characters are like attracted to each other, kind of. I like, mean, it's yeah. It's like a romance subplot. Um, but they never answer the question of, of, okay. like, of whether, right? Like, um, so I can pretend I they're not together. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's fine, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that uh, the uh, like, so the the girl uh, whose name is Minami, um, I think honestly her arc was more compelling than I thought it would be. Because um, after okay. the first episode, you you get left with a very like very bad impression. You're like, oh, I, I like the I like the dude much better, right? Like he's he's a bro. Um, but I think yeah, it, I do it like makes, the bro much better. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense by the end, and I think it. It works very well. 
Um, okay, that's what I thought that her arc would kind of lead up to is that, I mean, yeah. obviously they would have a logical explanation as to why she would behave the way that she does. Um, right. And it, it, just, and it, yeah. it does make sense. Um, yeah. And I, I do think it's good. And I think that it's a very effective way of conveying um, a lot of the uncertainties we we kind of have around um, around life and death. Um, yeah. O- overall, okay. like, I I would say that it turned out a lot better than I thought it would be. Um, okay. I think really the only character that like kind of suffers is is the main character Yomogi. Like he's he's still kind of a nothing character by the end. But like, <laughs> but I I would say that not in not in a way that like is like super egregious. Like there there is some okay. like um they they like touch on what his like kind of issues are um and then they immediately like blow past it because like the rest of the characters are more important and that's completely okay to me honestly i don't (laughs) i don't actually care that much Um, i mean i'm fine with that too (laughs) yeah like overall like pretty pretty good like like dinazanon was like "Mm, delicious very good if they if they make more gridman stuff i will continue to watch it 100 percent hands down i like that. no questions asked (laughs) <laughs> all right okay um i guess next we can talk about nomad megalobox 2 um which i watched and um my goodness it's a it's a sequel to season one but it is such a hugely different uh like season like it almost feels like a different show except all of the, uh, you know, every- <laughs> it's all, it's all the same characters in an animation, but the way they tell the story is um, from a completely different angle, and that's why it's a, di- a bit difficult for me to um, say that if you enjoyed season one, you would enjoy season two. I think if you like season one, then you should check out season two and see if mm-hmm. you might want to see where the characters go and if you like the the way that they went with it. Um, but similar to how we mentioned that Odd Taxi is a very mature story, season two is a way more mature story than season one. Um, and that's why people who are in it for like the fighty fighty, the, the Joe wins at the end, you know, um, uh, season one, um, feels, um, you might be, (laughs) you might, uh, be left questioning why season two is the way that it is. Um, it follows the perspectives of different characters, different boxers. Um, and is Joe isn't in the forefront of the uh, story until much later on. And um, what's interesting is that it's because season um, season one was um so full of fights. You kind of expect that out of season two, but season two has significantly less boxing for a boxing anime Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it's far more about the character stories and the character drama and i think it's so interesting that it's still a show where you don't really know a whole lot about the character's history like you still don't know what happened to junk dog in the past um you just know that right now he's joe and and the only stuff that you know about him is the stuff that you learned about him in season one but Mm -hmm. they still managed to tell a really compelling character drama for him and his relationships with the other characters from season one and how they um 
have essentially grown apart um, in season two due to his own actions. And um, I'd say like the differences between the two seasons can be pretty aptly illustrated by the endings of the episode. So um, in season one, they ended with they always ended with like a really hype like not dead yet and then you're like yeah yeah <laughs> let's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's go watch the next episode um see how he comes back and then they have the hype um ending song and it was really good um each episode in season two ends with hasta ver la luz which means um until i see the light and it has like a kind of like a slow soft spanish guitar song at the end and um the entire through line of the show involves this um kind of like a bedtime story that gets told about the tale of the hummingbird and the nomad and you get to see representations of them in the story like the nomad is you know our boy joe um and then there's a hummingbird character quote unquote and then there's um, other representations of the characters and the stories and it's essentially wrapping around to the point that this entire season isn't about like scoring victories or leaving your mark as a legend it's about once you've accomplished your dreams w- evaluating what's actually important to you is it still chasing those dreams is, is it making more dreams or is it like the people around you who helped you accomplish those dreams and so the show gives like really finite answers for each of these characters to those kinds of questions. Um, and I think that's really cool. <laughs> um, I, for a while, I didn't quite know how to feel about it because it was so different from season one. But I think by the end, the way that they ended up wrapping up everything, the story was told really consistently. The animation was very good, you know. Even though there were fewer fights, the fights that they did show were super well done. And you kind of understood exactly what they were going for with the results of each fight. Um, So definitely don't expect like a hype, like Rocky, I don't know, like two, three, however many uh, movies that he had. Um, Drawn out kind of like boxing legend type of deal. This is basically like an emotional drama exploration and wrap up to the whole megalobox story Um, Mm -hmm. that's how it felt like yep (laughs) nice Mm -hmm. nice nice yeah i I think that's kind of cool actually yeah i I think if you ended up if you ended up wanting to watch it uh i would recommend it because it might be you, you might like it you know um yeah just yeah just expect that it's different from the first season that's all (laughs) Uh, cool, cool. Uh, I want to talk about eighty six. Eighty six. Uh, so this show uh was very good, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was good all the way through, actually, which was pretty cool. Um, nice. So the premise of eighty six is that um the uh there is a kingdom that is fighting a war against uh, autonomous machines. Um. They're essentially fighting a war against a neighboring kingdom that doesn't exist anymore because 
they they made autonomous r- killing robots for war, and then the autonomous war robots killed them because of oh. course, right? <laughs> so they're <laughs> fighting right. a war against a dead kingdom, and they're like, "Well, wow, you know, um, it's fine. We invented our own autonomous fighting robots." Mm-hmm. They are not autonomous fighting robots. They are, in fact, uh, people. People are mm-hmm. piloting those robots, um, and they just lie to the public about it. So, uh, cool. Um, mm-hmm. And essentially, they're like, well, basically, in two years, the robots will run out of power, and we will not have to fight them anymore. Except that is not true, because um, the autonomous fighting robots from the neighboring kingdom that are actually autonomous... Um, have figured out that they can harvest human brains and use those to make new units. Um, and those oh, units geez. don't die. So, oh, jeez. <laughs> so basically, it is it is this horrific, like, th- this horrific picture of um, a self-replicating robot army, right? But um, all, all the premise aside, it's a war story, right? It's a story about war, uh, what it means uh, to be doing war, uh, the human cost of war, and also what it means to be at war when you are not recognized by your country, right? So the twist that happens is essentially, um, and I, I don't remember uh, if this is a twist or not, um, or if it if they just tell you, but like all of the citizens in this kingdom are uh, have like silver hair and like gray eyes or whatever, yeah. or like blue mm-hmm. eyes or whatever. Um, everybody is like that. And then everybody who wasn't like that was was essentially sent to internment camps, right? So, like, all right. So, it already comes out the gate with this very loaded, like, oh my parallel, right? Uh-huh. Like, hmm, Japan makes a, a, a piece of media about what would happen if a country uh, decided to uh, intern people on racial lines. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> right? And... I think it's pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty effective uh, at, at doing that um, because there is, <laughs> there is a lot of, as you would expect, like moral grappling um, with that, mm-hmm. right? Um, they really put the, the main character who is um, like the, uh, I guess she's like a noble or something from like a noble family. Um, they really put her through the ringer because like she, she basically gets to hear all of the stuff that like no one else will tell her. Um, from mm-hmm. her, uh, so she's a handler, so she handles the robots, quote unquote, um, and they speak to her um, because she is attempting to to see them as more than just um, autonomous fighting robots, right? Right. Um, but it's it it is very clear that um, she is still perpetuating the corrupt systems. Um, There's Mm -hmm. nothing that she can do on an individual level to actually fix the system that that is broken, right? Um, And I like that uh, there's a lot of moments where um, she means well, but is still a part of that system. So, like, there's a moment where one of them dies, right? And... um, she she's like oh i'm i'm so sorry about that like um i'm so sorry and like one of the characters just fucking goes off yeah, he's like yeah, yeah. um yeah he's just like like what would you even know you you didn't even ask us for our real names you only know us by our code names mm-hmm. uh, and then she has a very, very moral dilemma about that uh-huh. um, <laughs> right so 
there's all of that stuff, right? All of the kind of like, um, uh, you know, like racism and uh, and classism and like, uh, what 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 can an individual do to fight the society? And like, what does it mean to fight for a country that does not recognize you? Mm-hmm. Um, that does not recognize you as human. And like, one boy japan to boy united states huh huh really, like really it feels really loaded there but like uh-huh. you know ultimately it, it's it's a story about um about war about like who gets to be remembered who gets a grave and who lives only in memory right all of the people who are like they're called the 86 because they were um sentenced to the 86th district um and the districts are like numbered right um and I think, like, it, um, it tandles all that fairly, fairly well, right? I thought that, it, I thought it was called 86 because to 86 something needs to get rid of it. Um, it, I mean, it, it's very possible <laughs> that that's the, like, uh, that's the sort of, like, intention of it, right? Yeah, I mean, that is, like, more, like, American English kind of thing. But maybe, maybe. Maybe, they, um, maybe they're aware of it. So... <laughs> It's very good. Um, it looks very good, uh, and it's very well directed. Like all of the the mech fights look really great. Like they're very well composited. Cool. Um, but the thing is, um, and this is not necessarily a complaint, but this is um, it's very much an example of a story that is told, uh, and it's for a specific reason. But like, there's it's this is an example of a story that is uh, told about oppressed people, but tells it from the perspective of the oppressors, right? Like, you know, the kind of, like, Pocahontas... Uh, not the Pocahontas, but, like, I guess, like, the Avatar, right? Like, uh, like James Cameron's Avatar, where, like, this is a story about the native people of this land, but it's told from the perspective of a guy who is not native to this land, right? And it's about him, like, learning to be a better person and, like, recognizing the, like, humanity of the, of the native people. But still... Right, like this is like, it's just very like a a very classic story of um, a very classic case of like telling a story about the oppressed from the point of view of the oppressor and like having the oppressor learn like a lesson or whatever. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, also, um, I mean, spoiler warning, but all the all the all the eighty six characters die at the end. And oh uh, god, <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> Basically, they they uh, the the twist is that they learned that. Um, uh the uh group that um the main character is handling and I don't remember her name sorry um is uh is the is basically a, a death unit right um what happens is um they are literally trying to commit genocide on the 86 by having them fight in these these death robots um but they give them the promise if you fight for 5 years your service is over and you can return home um, they don't get to return home. They go on one last quote unquote scouting mission um, into the the neighboring kingdom where all the robots are, and they don't get supplies. So they're literally just sent out there to die. Wait, but why? Um, because they they want to commit genocide, but they want to do it without telling anybody. Wait, why do they want to do that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Um, I mean, for the, for the, I mean, realistically, like, for the same reasons that, like, people want to commit genocide in real life, right? Like, there's not really a reason. It's just kind of, like, 
like a bias that they have. I guess because right? of like the quote unquote racial differences. Yeah. Like, like on it like like yeah it is very much a case of creating an an um an ethno state right um of creating a, yeah. a a state of of only pure your pure race right and this yeah. is like what it looks like when it succeeds um wow that's, and at the oh end oh my god that's and it's, crazy it, it is it's super dark and at the at the very end like um after you've gone through the the trouble of like um learning about the trauma of the characters and like seeing them like um grow and yeah. uh, l- even learn to trust the the handler um yeah 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 his yeah. name i yeah. can't remember um then they just go off and die yeah um and like ob like this is one of those things where like it fe- it doesn't feel like uh like oh it's a shock value thing no like that's the point it's a war story right oh um, man and it, it's very depressing. Like, I'll, I'll say this. Yeah. Right. It's a very depressing watch. I'm upset um, and I'm only hearing about it. I didn't even experience, I only experienced the first episode. And and there's like a lot of exploration of like, you know, what, what it means. Right. Because um she goes to see, to, she goes to see her uncle um and she's just like asking him like, like, what, do, like, what, what the fuck is up with this country? What's wrong with this country? Um, like, why, why does this keep happening? And uh, he's just like, it's just the way it is and i cannot change it like if you want to stop fighting for this country because it it is corrupt and bad then um then you are uh free to do it like you know what the 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 stripes on on our flag represent they represent freedom and equality and like all this crap and oh, do you think this country is doing any of those things right now right mm-hmm. and she's like no uh-huh. <laughs> no i don't think yeah, so yeah no, no um <laughs> Yeah, not uh, feeling very patriotic right now, sir. <laughs> right. Uh, I I will say like um, the directing of this this anime also is. Good. I think directing anime direction has gotten a lot better in recent years. Like I've noticed a lot more, and it, maybe it's just I'm being, I'm more aware of it. But like, there's a lot of like little things that happen that I'm like, oh, that's a very cool trick. Um, one of my favorite uh scenes or or pair of scenes in um in the anime is um so when the 86 die uh the undertaker the um the sort of head of uh, operation spearhead which is like um the operation that the handler is in charge of it's uh the very front of the the war line it's like the the front right um when one of the pilots dies he goes and shoots them in the head so that the brain will not be harvestable by oh. by the like ai machines um uh-huh. So he essentially has to like kill them with his own hands, right? Uh-huh. And um the probably my favorite scene is when he does this for the first time with with her um listening. Um mm-hmm. and he's like explaining this and then you see uh you see I think the the bullet casing fly, but you do not hear the sound. It mm-hmm. is not until a scene later in the episode where you uh see her side of of that scene and mm-hmm. you hear the sound but you don't see it and that's mm-hmm. such an amazing directing choice mm. like it's so impactful it just yeah. bam it really yeah. hits you it's so effective and it's so mm-hmm. good um overall like the the direction in this show is like very good it's very sharp um we get to yeah. see most of the scenes from both perspective from the perspective of the people on the front line and like their first hand experience 
and then from the perspective of the handler who is so far removed from it and like yeah um this scene or like this this show is not subtle about it's like about how it feels about these things um literally there is a very like uh sardonic line about how uh people are taken off of um the handler role because sometimes too many of the 86 die which is too much for the handler to handle uh-huh literally the deaths of of, of like enough people is so traumatizing to these people they cannot continue working as like quote-unquote drone operators right um and yeah but they they, they killed all of them at the end <laughs> right and and like What's very interesting to me is that is not the end of the story. Yeah. Apparently, how do they keep going? <laughs> well, apparently there is um, another season coming in the fall, and I'm oh my God. really interested to see what they do with that. And it makes a lot of sense all of a sudden, given that, why the main character was, uh, was the handler. And, um, it's going to be a revolution. <laughs> yeah, right. Like like one one would hope that season season 2 is just her like going around wrecking shit, right? I think that's what everyone would want after that. <laughs> just just starting a reckoning. But like yeah, it it is a very like, you know, uh straightforward like story about the the about war, right? Uh, even beyond all of the uh the racism and discrimination stuff, right? All the internment stuff. Um it is a story about how the people who live in a society at war do not necessarily bear the brunt of those consequences. And, and the less they feel the consequences, the less they actually really care. Right? Like most of the care, most of the characters um, or like most of the, the civilians just don't really care. It's autonomous robots fighting for all they know. Right. Uh-huh. Um, even though like a, a mass internment happened a couple of years ago, but soon, like because they're covering it up, it, it'll just fade from memory. It doesn't exist. Right. Um, and it's like a very like kind of real thing. Like it's a very like full metal alchemisty kind of thing to just have your entire country be built on the back of, of this sort of, um, uh, racial exploitation. But that's like kind of the story of a lot of countries in the world, Japan Mm -hmm. included. (laughs) Right. So, um, I find I found all that to be very interesting. Um, I thought the show was very good overall. Uh, I was I was engaged all the way through. I gotta say, that's got that's awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. Dude, what is with the season and these like heartbreaking shows? Oh man, man it's I, I I don't know. People are just discontent with the government. I guess. I mean, if I lived in Japan too, I would be very discontent with the government. Coronavirus, not enough vaccines. Well, let's have the Olympics anyway. Mm, mm, uh, mm, more war anime. <laughs> So, right. yeah, that's how I felt about 86. Like, really surprisingly good all the way through. Um, okay, that's awesome. All right, well, why don't you uh, tell me about uh, Mashiro no Oto? I'll tell you about Mashiro no Oto, which is the shamisen anime. And let me tell you, the music is just so good the entire way through, which is exactly what you would want from a show like this. Um. They go through, and of course, they explain like the subtleties. You learn more about the shamisen, and also about the playing, like what is special about it. What is like they even give like examples of like lackluster performances, um, so you can kind of like hear the difference essentially. 
Um, and uh, I think it tells like a really nice story for the main character and his, I guess, like relationship with his grandfather and how much he struggles with not only the grief of losing his grandfather, but also living in his grandfather's shadow and trying to to uh, keep his music alive, but also try and form his own identity and figure out why his grandfather told him to quit the shamisen. Um, and it really comes to a head at the end. Um, spoiler. Um, when you find out that um, his mom, who came in relatively early into the anime to kind of like kick her son's butt and start providing for him while he's living in the big city and and push him forward you find out that her motivation to do so was because she wants him to continue living in his grandfather's shadow and to keep playing just like his grandfather because oh the the grandfather i see yeah was a genius and not enough people in like even knew who the man was because he was so private about his playing. He never wanted to enter any tournaments or like, you know, those kind of like really public showings or whatever. He just wanted to play at home. And as a result, not nearly enough people in her mind um got to experience his playing. Um so so basically this mom holds like a, a whole shamisen tournament and she names it after the grandfather and her intention on basically strong arming her son into joining it was so that he would play like the grandfather and show the world what the grandfather sounded like. Uh-huh. Um, and she gets pissed because turns out along the way that her son made friends and those friends started encouraging him to play in his own style. They form, you know, a strong bond with him and that influences his style too. And it like inspires him and motivates him to produce his own unique sound. And she hates that. And she basically emotionally manipulates her son into playing like uh, his grandfather um, during the individual part of the tournament where they're playing solos mm-hmm. and um uh but halfway through thankfully he rallies around and realizes that um he should he should play like himself because he starts to understand that what his grandfather meant by telling him to quit the shamisen is that until he can learn to play his own sound then he shouldn't try and and play the shamisen at all like he he wants his his grandson to right, chase after okay. his sound by producing his own sound like you know that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. feeling um but oh my god the part with the mom was like so hard to handle because she basically guilt tripped him into playing like the grandfather by basically saying like do you do you want your grandfather's memory to be forgotten oh do you want that on you <laughs> oof and i was like i hate this woman because <laughs> at first you really like her because she's like oh she's co- she's cool she's trying to motivate the character the main character and then by the end you're like this woman is evil okay i get it now yeah um yeah. yeah and so he i think he ends up in third place because the judges mark him down because he switched styles in the middle of his performance but by the end he gets motivated to enter more tournaments and to compete 
um, which is something that he's never done before. And he also is more motivated to kind of produce his own sound. But at the same time, you know that his mother is still around and that there are other people around who are now interested in hearing the grandfather sound now that he has played like him in public. So mm-hmm. a lot of drama. Um, but the series overall was really compelling. I liked it a lot. Um, nice soft show about Shamisen, occasional infuriating drama. Uh, we don't get any resolution with the mom because it is based on a manga. So, and okay. the manga I think is still ongoing. Um, uh-huh. but it, yeah, it, it leaves off, I think after the uh, tournament wraps up. So it's kind of like a nice spot to just end it and then. I hope they make more because we get to hear lots of really cool shamisen music. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I'm sad I didn't get to watch more of it. Actually, I was really excited. Um, I just didn't have time. I know. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I do. I I will say that it's worth watching the rest of it. It's all right. Fun. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's 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 cool. I'm I'm mm-hmm. glad. Um, I'm I might try to do that sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next two are also stuff that I watch. I'll try to blaze through it because I don't really have a whole lot to say about them. Sure, um, sure. Let's see. Shaman King 2021. Um, it's a remake of the ye old Shaman King. Uh, it's so nostalgic watching. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what happened. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like Shaman King is, is one of those, like, OG series that you were oh, watching on, like, four kids. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so you get all the classic tropes, but in a more, I guess, updated, like, more HD looking style. <laughs> um, uh huh. But they keep all the proportions and the art style the same as, uh before so everyone has like huge heads and tiny of bodies course. yeah and i, I love it and it's it's great and really sharp angles for all of their clothing it's perfect <laughs> and um yeah no it's uh if you liked the original shaman king you'll definitely like the remake um i didn't watch them back to back so i don't have any like you know hard comparisons to say like oh this part was better than that part but um, mm-hmm. as someone who watched the old Shaman King back when it was airing on American television <laughs> and uh, I'm watching the remake now, I'm still really enjoying it. Um, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I, I think that one's in Netflix jail. So uh-huh. yeah, maybe, maybe I'll watch it someday. I don't remember shit about Shaman King. I know. I, I was watching it. And I was like, wow, I'm surprised by how little I remembered <laughs> about it. But it all came back as soon as the moment said. I was like, "Oh yeah, that did happen." You know, that mm-hmm, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's fun. Um, highly recommend if you want if you just want some more Shaman King in your life. Uh, and uh, lastly, um, I watched half of Bishon and Tante Dan. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, we watched uh, we watched like four or five episodes together, right? Yeah, I think I only watched like maybe one or two more episodes okay. after. Yeah, yeah, that. Um, but uh yeah it continues to be super super gorgeous like really really visually yeah, yeah 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 that that's um, what i noticed when uh when we watched mm-hmm. it um which was it was always just consistently very very pretty yeah i'm i'm surprised at the level of quality that they're able to keep up like you can kind of see in ep- in certain episodes where they they take a step back but they still manage to produce really pretty shots regardless mm-hmm. um and um I would say, like, for me, I'm not vibing as much with the story. Um, 
it feels like if Oren High School Host Club and um uh Hyoka were to try and get merged together but unsuccessfully. Um so the cast isn't as like compelling or to me as interesting as the Oren boys plus Haruhi. Mm-hmm. Um and the mysteries aren't as interestingly told as in Hyoka. So Yeah, yeah. It just kinda like the story and writing just feel a bit lackluster to me, considering how impressive the visuals are. I would say that if if, if you're the type of person who really appreciates visuals and you don't necessarily need like a strong story, then you'd probably get a lot of enjoyment out of this. But um I I take a strong like stance with when it especially with when it comes to like mystery stories like that it ought to be told like well and I ought to feel compelled as the characters discover and walk through the mystery mm-hmm. um and I just don't really have a whole lot of investment in in terms of what is being presented to me um with this show unfortunately um that being said I didn't I haven't finished it so maybe it like really wrap, like ramps up in the second half of the show who's to say <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the point where I'm at, I'm, I'm a little, I I became a little bit bored with it, unfortunately. Yeah, so. that's that's kind of where I'm at with it too. I think yeah. um it it was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. but it didn't. It started very interesting, but I think it didn't yeah. really go anywhere that captured me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels like it kind of meandered uh in a way that wasn't you know uh in a way that i didn't want necessarily Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's where i'm at with that one too so sure yeah Mm -hmm. kind of me too honestly like visually looks looks amazing Um, oh yeah yeah it has a lot of style has a lot of flair um Mm -hmm. and for some people i imagine that that might be enough to get you through the show honestly yeah i bet yeah like i wouldn't be mad to watch it just for that, right? Right. Yeah. Um, because it it is so visually, uh, it's it's like visually spectacular, really. Um, yeah. Hmm. Obviously, like Studio Shaft doing what they do. That is, it is a lot of what they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, I I think that wraps us up. Uh, shockingly. Um. Wow. There's so many other things that I, I wish I uh, I could speak on. Like I really wanted to watch more of a uh, Vivi. Um, oh yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I de- I definitely wanted to watch more of Masha and Oto, but uh, yeah, obviously I didn't I didn't get the chance. Um, and given <laughs> given if this is like the pace of anime now, I I like I just don't know if I'll ever be able to to think. do it. Oh God. Ugh, I think I... I think maybe next season. It looks like there's a little less. That we're yeah, like super I, interested I think in, this so. season is at the very least like weirdly abnormal. So yeah. um that's that's fine. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, at any rate, um I think that I think that'll uh, actually do it for us. Uh yeah. So why that? don't we uh why don't why why don't we wrap up? Uh who are you and where can we find you on the internet? Hero um I am Swan, also known as Renu. You can find me on uh, Twitch, on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, all that uh, at Swandron. 
You can find me on Instagram at swan.drawn. I am so close to finishing Judgment. I think like maybe one to two more play sessions and we'll be donezies for realsies. Mm. Um, I think they just popped up like my last like splurge of side quests before I guess we get railroaded into the finale. Ooh. So I'll probably be doing that this Friday. Nice, nice. Um, and uh, yeah, you can check in on me. You can check in on my my Popo Clover at at those places. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Yeah, I'll invite you. You can find me all the places at Literal Soup. Um, I have been up to uh, a lot of streaming recently. Um, I've been streaming uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, for one of them, uh, I've been making my way through Yakuza Kiwami 2. Uh, that's been super fun. Um, I <laughs> so, some of the side quests in Yakuza Kiwami 2 are pretty pretty wild. Like I did the um, the one where uh, uh, the guy has the baby fetish. Um, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I did that yes. one. I did the uh, I did the fake Kiryu one. <laughs> yes. Great one. Yes. <laughs> um and then i just sat there for like uh what was in game probably like 40 hours just watching um uh movies um, <laughs> yeah i did that too i had a, I had a part of a stream where i just watched all the movies you just watched all the movies yeah well like when when uh when you watch the the yakuza heartbreak one and uh and it's basically like the the parody of like um of kiryu and nishikiyama yeah uh, it is <laughs> in, in zero you're like oh, <laughs> oh my heart and then like when you go and do karaoke and like and you and you do the one where it's like uh you get the flashbacks from from like nishikiyama and you doing judgment together it's like oh my heart <laughs> oh my heart can't take this I f- oh mm. Yeah, uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2 has been, um, interesting. Uh, I spent, yeah. like, uh, I spent, like, two hours trying to learn how to play Mahjong, and I, I didn't even learn shit. <laughs> you I, and I, I gotta learned, play it together. <laughs> I learned that Mahjong is basically just giga poker. Yes. Yes. But there's, like, really complicated things, like the 13 yes. orphans. What the fuck? <laughs> Bro, what? I'm still learning Mahjong, so yes, I... 100%. I think learning mahjong is like a lifelong commitment. Yeah, <laughs> like I have someone in my stream called the Mahjong Medic who has been helping me oh get through some god. of the mahjong challenges in Judgment because it's in Judgment as well. Oh my god! They have yeah, like a I've whole never... like friendship that you're supposed to get through mahjong and Judgment. Before I read that, 19 pages of of instruction. Oh, you read through all. <laughs> I read through every single page, um, and I still didn't really understand how to play it. Um, but like literally. I read that entire handbook, and I I had never known anything about mahjong before then. Um, <laughs> oh my god, Jesus <laughs> Christ! It is a complicated game. Yeah, that that game is wild. Like, it's like if poker was made of chess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, um, other than that, like, uh, uh, also we, we all obviously do our Ace Attorney stream every, every Saturday. Yay! um, Other than that, the, uh, I I have been going through, uh, Kiwami 2 and the story, um, been taking quite the interest in, uh, obviously the fact that the, uh, main 
sort of plot of Kiwami 2 revolves around the the Korean mafia. Um, <laughs> I believe that the title of my last stream was, boy, I, I sure can't wait to have a, a nuanced and sensitive uh, portrayal of Korean characters in a Japanese video game. Um, I, uh, you know, about as nuanced as their portrayals of Chinese people. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, for, for sure. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, uh, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> That's uh, that's all there really is to say about that one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, like you know, I, I'm around on on Twitter and stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of all I'm up to. Cool. Our opening is by Scotty Network, and our ending is by Takamakata. And the patrons we are thanking this week are Evan Williams, Frostfall, Cherubel, Sean Dow, Magpie Minitas, Claire, Undead Uncanny, and Dylan Boats. Thank you so much for your support. Man, thank you guys so much. Time and again, um, it. It warms my heart that you uh, you uh, give us money to uh, continue <laughs> to subscribe to all of these questionable anime streaming sites. Um, hey, you said the Crunchyroll's player got better. Oh yeah, the Crunchyroll player, the the new player is really good actually. Um, <laughs> it's it's like honestly, I'm impressed. I really wish Funimation would do vaguely anything. <laughs> like I I wish their player worked. Period. When you were complimenting Crunchyroll's player, I was like, wow, this feels so strange hearing Soupy compliment a player on, on anime. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened. Crunchyroll's player got worse for a little bit, and then it got better all of a sudden. <laughs> well, I, that's great. <laughs> sometimes I will never understand why it's so hard to not fuck up. Like, here's the thing. <laughs> I think it is hard to make a good uh, video streaming platform. Sure, yeah, of course. I don't think it's that hard to not fuck it up if yours is fine. <laughs> to regress? <laughs> like, that's what I truly did not understand about cr the Crunchyroll player. <laughs> is yeah, that I didn't understand it's it that either. It seemed to have gotten worse. Like, it was yeah. bad when it was, like, Flash, and then it, they switched over to HTML5, and then suddenly it worked again, and then they made it worse after that for no they reason. They did. <laughs> anyway, um, complaints aside, yeah, uh... Thank you so much. Uh, patrons, that's right. That's what we were doing. Um, not complaining about uh, video streaming. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for keeping the podcast rolling. Um, we keep our AT fields intact. Well, Our psychological uh, well-being intact. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that that wraps up for this episode. We'll, we'll see you uh, next month. Um when we talk about uh well hopefully we talk about the thing that we had planned um but really we might just end up having to to do the sampler episode then and maybe maybe we'll have to like maybe we'll have to restructure how we do uh these because honestly we could just get away with only doing a wrap-up episode and then just having the trailer But that's a conversation to have another time. Uh, thanks for listening. We will see you next time.
ようならまた明日ね。